0: That's your prayer tonight for the Lord to draw you. I don't know about you, but I want him to draw me. The Bible says in Song of Solomon, in the first chapter, fourth verse, said draw me and we will run after you. I can tell you tonight that the Lord is drawing his people, but the response of whether or not you run after him depends entirely upon you. I want the Lord to draw my heart. I want him to draw me each and every single day. And in return, he wants me to run after him. If you're unsaved tonight, I can tell you, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he's drawing you tonight to come unto him. He's saying tonight to come unto me, and I will give you rest. What do you mean? in your life. Rest from it all. God desires to do that in you and for you tonight, but you've got to make the decision to come unto Him. For those of you that are saved and are trusted Jesus Christ, He's saying, come unto me. He's drawing you after Him. And I promise you, He doesn't disappoint. I love that song. Draw me, Lord, and I'll come running after you. There's nothing more that I desire for Him tonight than to draw My heart. You see, I can't even run after him without him first drawing my heart. But when he draws you, again, the response is entirely left up to you as to what you'll do with it. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight in the name of your son Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord. For your drawing agent. Lord, we thank you for the precious and wonderful Holy Spirit that draws us, Lord, unto you, God. Lord, that is our cry, Lord, that you would continue to draw us closer and closer and closer to you each and every day, God. Lord, that you would draw us, Lord, from this world, Lord, and that we would go up higher with you, God. Because, Lord, you've got so much for us, Lord. Lord, you died to give it to us, Lord. So, God, I pray that you continue to draw our hearts, draw the church, Lord God, unto you, Lord. And, God, let us find, Lord God, that our response is running after you, Lord, with everything that is within us, God. Let us not lag, Lord. Let us not walk. But, God, let us run after you, Lord. Because it's only in you, Lord, are we complete. Lord, we're not complete within ourselves. No other individual can complete us. Well, Lord, we are complete in Christ, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. And we thank you for your grace. Lord, we just ask that you continue to move in the hearts and lives of your people. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. We thank you again for joining with us tonight on the Sunday evening service. You have your Bibles. Turn with us to the book of Galatians. And as you're turning there with us in the book of Galatians, um, again we are just so thankful uh, for you joining in with us. But we are so thankful for what the Lord did this morning. I don't know if uh, you were had missed the service or if you called it. But let me tell you, if you missed the service, that's okay. That you are able to. Uh, sorry, it might be my mic. You are able to go back and to watch it online i promise you uh, that the lord moved in an extraordinary way and we give him all the praise and all the glory for it amen i'm gonna switch mics here because amen can you hear me all right all right a little bit of a technical difficulty, but nothing that our media department can't fix. Amen. But again, we are so thankful for you joining in. And again, as I was just saying, if you missed our service this morning uh, on the uh, the vine, the gardener, and the branch, I encourage you, go back and watch it. And watch it at a time from the beginning to the end uh, to where you can just get along with the Lord and where you have no interruptions and let the Lord minister to you because I promise you the same anointing that we felt here this morning will be there when you go back to again amen amen so if you have your bibles again to the book of galatians we started a series uh, last sunday night as i felt the lord impress upon my heart to go through the book of galatians on sunday evening Uh, when seeking the lord as to what he would have me to minister on last night i felt it strong with the lord for him to uh for me to relay
1: the foundation if you will Uh, the book of galatians is one of the most important and time that we are living in as well so if you haven't um
0: if you're just now joining in with us if you maybe didn't watch last sunday night again they're on our feed you can go back and watch it uh, last week we titled it relaying the foundations of galatians chapter one verses one through five so again if you missed it uh, no fret you can go back and watch it again amen thank god for technology but tonight we're in galatians chapter one again dealing with verses six through ten And the Bible says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him, who called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some who trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. Let me read that again. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade man or God? Or do I seek to please man? For if I yet please man, I should not be the servant of Christ. And I want to minister for a few moments tonight on the topic, revert, pervert, and convert. Pervert and convert. By your heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you again tonight in the name of your son Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you. Spirit that we feel in this house, we thank you for what you did this morning, for the lives that you touch, for the hearts that you change, for the testimonies, Lord, of those that have messaged us, Lord, and said of how it was a blessing, and the, no man can accomplish what you no man can duplicate what you do lord lord what you do is special all within itself and lord we're asking lord tonight for that same anointing to rest upon us to help us to deliver your word again tonight lord we 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 can't do anything apart from you lord And we desperately depend upon your anointing, your help, Lord, tonight so that, God, you can be glorified. And, Lord, we ask that you would anoint the hearts and the ears of those that are watching, that are listening, God. And, Lord, I pray that this word that you've laid upon our heart will go forth and touch their hearts and bring forth the wonderful fruit, Lord, that you always bring forth and will forever give you praise for it all. In Jesus' mighty name and everyone said amen and amen. So we find Paul here. Again, as we know that he is the writer of this epistle in Galatians. And we find Paul having just laid uh, the introduction to the church of Galatia in his epistle to them. And again, Paul within the first few verses of this epistle had to represent, if you will, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, by speaking to them the simplicity of it that he had once preached to them. Now think about this. He had to represent the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. and I will get into it and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Paul had came in and established these churches, several churches in the city of Galatia here. he had founded on, they had been founded on the correct doctrine on the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had presented to them the doctrine of justification by faith, letting them know that one is saved by faith and grace alone. And he also goes on to give them the great doctrine of sanctification. The two greatest doctrines to the child of God is the doctrine of justification
1: and the doctrine of sanctification. And I said it last week, If we don't understand how justification
0: is applied and works in our heart and life, then we're never going to understand how sanctification works. Because if you get that wrong, if you get the foundation wrong, then ain't nothing else going to be right. And so again, Paul here was having to deal with the great doctrine of justification here in the very beginning, having to represent all because of the Judaizers His Son, Jesus Christ, who purchased our eternal uh, 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 eternity with Him, if we would just call upon that name and believe in Him. But not only has He purchased our eternity with Him, He has also purchased abundant life for us. He desires each and every single day for us to walk in victory and to
1: live out this abundant life. And it is a shame, it is a shame that so much of that is missed, who are saved, who love the Lord with everything within them, many
0: spirit-filled, but yet they don't have abundant life because their faith is not solely, again, solely and exclusively in Christ and what He has done. They have begun to look to themselves to perform that which only the ministry of the Holy Spirit can do. We talked about that last week. It's only the Holy Spirit who can bring you into the divine will of God, who can bring you into what He wants to do inside of you. It is Him who helps you and aids you and guides you each and every single day. But again, we're frustrating that power. We're frustrating His grace, which is the Holy Spirit, from doing what He desires to do in our lives if we're not looking solely to Christ. Again, the Holy Spirit is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit—the
1: Trinity there—and the Holy Spirit is not going to work outside of the parameters. It's done, and we're looking to ourselves or anything else.
0: He is frustrated because he can't help you the way he wants to help you. Amen. The Holy Spirit wants to help us to live this life, bring to us abundant life. He don't want to see us denied. Christ has paid the price. He's did it all at Calvary. All we got to do is stay at the foot of the cross and simply receive what he has died to give us. The benefits of Calvary are so overwhelming and innumerous. But we've limited the Calvary as to nothing more but salvation, much of the church. We've limited Calvary and what Christ did. We say, yes, we know that he bled and died to forgive us of our sins so that we can have the heaven and have eternal life with him. And then we put a period at the end of that sentence and say, that's it. Now you've got to go on and do it all yourself. And that's not the case. Because when you do that, you've just stepped outside of the flow of grace and right back in to bondage, which is exactly where the enemy wants to bring God's child to, back to bondage, to rob us of that abundant life that he has died to give. Amen. So again, there is no other gospel other than Christ and him crucified. To preach anything else is wrong. Hear me tonight to preach anything else other than Christ and him crucified as the way of salvation and as also the way for us to receive all things is wrong. And I know that that's not popular, and I know there may be many that are watching here. And again, I'm not trying to be condemning. I'm not trying to be hard, And because you may say, well, I'm sitting in a church and— doesn't preach the cross he doesn't lift up the name of Jesus they don't preach the blood anymore and sad to say that's many a churches here in America
1: and all around the world but I tell you love tonight if you're because I'm sorry if he's not lifting up the name of Jesus there's no drawing
0: going on in our hearts because he said it in john 12 32 if i be lifted up i will draw all men so if christ is not being lifted up from behind the pulpit in whatever church that you may be going to i'm afraid there is an absence of the holy spirit and there's no hearts being changed there's no lives being changed bondages are not being broken off of the life of a believer much less the loss coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. So again, uh, 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 the saint of God's strength and his help comes from the same place, the same place where the sinner receives and draws salvation, and that is the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we see Paul addressing them in the letter, and almost immediately, right after the first five verses, immediately we see disappointment. And really, condemnation by the use of certain words that he used in addressing them. That's why I use that revert, pervert, and convert. He used these words such as pervert right here, right off the bat, in the beginning of this epistle, this letter that he wrote to them. He was disappointed in them. And it was almost words of condemnation. What have you done? You have strayed from the foundation of what I have told you. So he was disappointed in them and and really shocked because within a short time after preaching the gospel and them accepting it as truth and having known the way to live for God, which is by faith and the basis of their salvation was simply predicated upon them, simply believing in the Lord and calling upon their name, they had strayed away from that finished work. All because the Judaizers were allowed to come in and
1: destroy, first of all, Paul's character. Well, to pull them away from what Paul had taught them. And I just want to say that people will attack the messenger usually before they ever attack. anything and he's not one of the original 12 you should be listening to him you should be listening to the 12 even
0: though God had gave Paul the meaning of the new covenant because I don't know it could have been because they didn't like what his life used to be because Paul previously known as Saul was going around and persecuting the church having Christians killed locked up in jail there's no way in the world he's using this he's using this man much less give him the meaning of the new covenant. But let me tell you, when he saved Paul, he forgave him of all of his sins. And then he was able to be used by God. Let me tell you something. Being used by God and your service unto the Lord and how he uses you is not predicated upon what you've done. It's predicated upon where your faith lies. And if you have been saved tonight, if your sins have been washed away, then you are able and a candidate to be used by the Lord. Because if it ain't that way, then I should be standing up here behind the pulpit tonight because my past was bad, it was awful, but when God saved my soul, when the blood of Jesus Christ came down and washed all of my sins away, now I can stand here justified by faith and the same grace that called me to salvation is the same grace that has called me to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. These singers that you heard singing this morning, the piano player and this evening and the drummer, none of them are up here because they deserve to be up here. It's because of the grace of Jesus Christ that has saved our soul and that has called us to use us for his glory. So here Paul says that I marvel I'm in awe. I, I'm amazed that you have so soon removed yourself from the one that has called
1: you into this grace unto another gospel. Who is this one that Paul was talking about that you've removed? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that calls the sinner
0: unto salvation. It's the Holy Spirit that draws the sinner unto salvation, and it is the Holy Spirit now that dwells within side of us that we have when we accepted him but when you take your faith away from christ and what he has done you've just removed yourself from the from the drawing agent of the holy spirit again don't get me wrong and don't misunderstand me i'm not saying it paul wasn't saying to these people that they wasn't saved he called them brethren he knew that if they continued on this path that they were headed for destruction That's why God used him to write this epistle, to throw up lights, if you will, say, hold on, wait a minute, you're going the wrong way. It's like if you've seen somebody driving down the road the wrong direction, for you just to look at it and not say nothing, you're giving your approval, even though you're being silent. But if you love that person, you're going to wave up arms and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're going the wrong way. So correction had to be brought to the church of Galatia. Amen. So Paul was anything but pleased with them and again rather annoyed and frustrated that so soon after them getting saved and the church being established on the fundamentals of grace and faith and having them in place to carry on what he through the power of the Holy Spirit had gotten started. So they were endued with his power as every child of God is endued with power there because in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But they were removing themselves. Again, he don't leave, but they were removing themselves away from that flow of grace and the help of the Holy Spirit that is present and that is there for us as we live for the Lord. So his frustration wasn't because they had turned from his opinion because Paul never taught his opinion.
1: Paul didn't preach his opinion. He preached the word of Almighty God. He preached them to them the meaning of the new covenant as God gave
0: it to him. So they might have thought that he was preaching his opinion as many things that we're preaching our opinion because it is so different from what they were raised up to here 40, 50, 60 years ago. Listen, we don't, we don't take away and say that what was preached 40 50 60 years ago as the blood of jesus christ is the only way unto salvation we still preach that we still believe that amen we still believe that john 14 6 when jesus said i am the way the truth and the life and no man cometh to the father but by me we stand on that that ain't no man going to be saved Except through them go through the cross, and the only way you're going to go
1: through the cross is by first denying yourself. Then when you deny yourself, you can get to the cross. Through Jesus Christ. So we believe that. We stand on that of what they've always
0: preached. But what's different is our sanctification and how it plays out. Because then, many years ago, Whether it be through not understanding or what, they thought that, and as many, and everybody will go through that process, including the Apostle Paul did himself, that sanctification was based on me. That I had to perform this. That I had to clean myself up. But the Lord's saying, I never called you to clean yourself up. I simply called you to anchor your faith in me and what I've done for you and keep it there and let the Holy Spirit come in and change you and clean you up. And I promise you that when you let him do it, he can do more in five minutes than you could do in a lifetime. So again, he was disappointed and aggravated that they were easily duped in such a short time. Because this epistle was written nearly somewhere between two to five years after the churches had been started. And within just a matter of months, hear me, just a matter of months, they were convinced that salvation was predicated on them keeping the law in addition to grace. Paul came in, the Apostle Paul, called by God, anointed by God, gave to them this great message Jesus Christ and him crucified, preached the gospel to them. Many of them had accepted it, experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. They knew they had a new heart. Their lives had been completely changed. They realized it was nothing that they had done. It was by simply believing. They had been taught how to now live for him. And within just a matter of a few months, through these Judaizers being allowed to come in after Paul left, they were duped and saying, okay, it's not just faith and grace alone.
1: I've now also got to keep the law in addition to try, You accept his grace. Yes, you've received forgiveness, but now you've got to do.
0: But now you've got to go on. See, that's what I've heard many times in growing up and, and even here recently. That's what they want because they don't like the fact because, see, they've got to, they don't want to deny themselves. They believe that they've got to perform in order to prove. I ain't got to prove anything to God. All I've got to do is say, yes, Lord. I say yes to your will and your way. Accept Jesus Christ. That's what it pleases the Father. The Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please him you can't please him by your works you can't please him by your religious ceremonies you can't please him with the things that you think are good and we should do good works we're saved to do good works but we're not saved by our good works let me say that again we're saved to do good works but we're not saved by our good works because if we were then the blood of jesus christ was shed for nothing That means that God made a mistake. And let me tell you, my friend, God makes no mistakes. Amen. So again, it was all made possible through the cross. So we see that this happens more than we realize with new converts in some churches. I heard a statement said one time, and it is true. And it will probably blow some of your minds what I'm getting ready to say. But the worst place that some new born-again Christians can go is the church. The worst place that some newly born-again, blood-bought children of God can go is to church. You would look at me and say, I cannot believe that he said that. Well, let me just explain that before you just go all to pieces. The reason why is because if they are going to a church that is not pointing them back to Calvary, not pointing them to Jesus,
1: and instead pointing them to themselves, These Galatians, the Judaizers were allowed to come in and
0: started taking their faith, started taking their focus all from Christ to what he's done and placing it onto the law. If some new converts go to church and they're happy, they love the Lord with everything within them, and then all of a sudden they're pointed back to law, they try it because they think that's what's right, because surely the person that's standing up here behind the pulpit knows what they're talking about. They're young in the Lord. They're not quite sure that it lines up with the word of God. And then they start doing what they said they do, and then they say, wait a minute, I can't live this, I'm failing. So they try, and they try, and they try again, the enemy comes along, makes them think you're the only one that's failing, you ain't got it together,
1: everybody else does, and then surely but slowly, they slip away, and they walk away from the faith altogether. that life is trying to do it yourself being
0: pointed to works being pointed to law not necessarily the law of moses but to man-made laws and because i could not perform what man told me that i should perform i just simply give up and all in the while they were missing the whole point they just shall live by faith we don't live by works we live by faith and it ain't a based upon how Well, we do each and every single day. Because let me tell you, there's some days I feel like I have dropped the ball from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. But guess what? I'm still saved. Because I'm saved by my faith. Christ and what he's done that don't mean that I get up and i look for ways to sin and I try to get as close as I can no no God forbid I don't want to continue to sin like Paul said God forbid that should we should continue to sin that grace may abound. absolutely not but there are going to be days and every single day we fall short of the glory of God in some shape form or fashion why because we're still living here in this wicked world in this evil world we're pilgrims passing through and we've not received the final installment of our salvation which is glorification but one day when we get to heaven we're gonna receive the final payment of what Christ has died to give and we're not gonna to have to worry about failures anymore because this so body ain't going up I'm gonna receive a glorified body not made of blood and water but of the spirit and now I ain't gonna to have to worry about that old sin nature anymore thank God Installment, amen. So we should see in this just how quick damage can be done by false teachers that come into the church, and I can tell you that they are pawns in the enemy's hand They are pawns in the enemy's hands. John 10 10 says the thief cometh not. Here it is,
1: but for one thing to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to take your life. He had his way about it. I wouldn't be standing up here before you tonight preaching,
0: and none of us would be sitting here. You wouldn't be watching if he had his way. But Satan can't have his way. He has to go before the Lord and even ask what he can do. Amen. We
1: see that in Job. But he's coming here. This stealing, killing, and destroying is one. their faith and it starts out by stealing it, by manipulating the believer and thinking that there's more
0: than just to believe in Christ and what he has done and he is real good at using ministers and people to get this accomplished just as he were using the Judaizers in the Bible. He were using the Judaizers in the Bible to say there's more to it. And he uses people nowadays, ministers behind the pulpit, as well as our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and saying, hold on, wait a minute, there's a whole lot more to this than just simply believing there's something that you've got to go on and do. Then after he gets that accomplished and because the object of faith is not rooted solely where it belongs, then he comes in to kill it altogether and it eventually to destroy your faith to where the believer had once trusted Christ and what he has done has now lost their way and it is now in total unbelief. See Satan don't stop until he can you completely away from your faith and there are many today that once believed that was once anchored in the faith that was once belonging to the body of christ that now no longer believe they have walked away now i know that some preaches that doctrine of eternal security meaning it doesn't matter if you got saved when you was a young child it doesn't matter if you walk away doesn't matter the
1: life that you live it doesn't matter how ungodly you live and in all of the sin if you say. from the pit of hell
0: god has called us to be holy and to be righteous and we don't do that within ourselves but we do that in him by living and keeping our faith anchored in him he didn't save you in sin he saved you from sin so all of this starts with error and the preaching of God's word everything that I just told you starts right here in error of preaching God's Word. See, there's nothing more important than God's Word, and who we give our attention and ear to will ultimately decide what path we are going to follow. So trust me, if you sit up underneath false teaching long enough and never hear the truth, you're going to eventually follow. If you continually Give your ear to false doctrine. If you continually give your ear that it's not just by faith and grace and grace alone, then you are going to believe that, and then you are going to be steered up on that path that they are laying on. See, that's what preaching and teaching is for—to steer one down a certain path. That's all all preaching and teaching is for, to steer that person who is listening down a certain path. You come here, you're going to hear about the blood of Jesus Christ. And what we preach and what we teach is always going to steer you to the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, where everything that you will ever need was bought and paid for we're not going to steer you any other way. Nobody's going to come up here behind this pulpit and steer you any other way, but especially as long as I'm here, but except to the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he did it all there, amen? So Philippians 3, 1 and 2 says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Verse 2, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. Think about this. This is the Holy Spirit moving upon the Apostle Paul to write this and
1: use this terminology. That's God speaking people before they lost their way completely. Because again, it is possible to lose one's way.
0: gun converts, again, that were in the Lord and they seem to be the ones that the enemy goes after the quickest. Young converts, those that have recently and newly gave their heart to Jesus Christ, the devil comes after them real quick and loves to use his ministers, the ones his pawns, if you will, to come right on in their ear and say, all right, now you've got to perform, you've got to do. I remember growing up, you went to the altar, you got saved. The next night or the second night after that, no more than three, you had to go back to the altar to get sanctified. Then after you got sanctified, you had to go on to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence was speaking with other tongues. And then once you got that, praise be to God, now you're ready to go. No more work. It's all been accomplished. And let me tell you, you are sanctified before you ever get justified. That's Bible. But because, because before he can justify you and declare you righteous, you've got to first be clean. He can't declare something righteous and something holy before it's first sanctified, meaning clean. So he comes in and washes you, sanctifies you, and now he can justify you. But we do have progressive sanctification. Meaning it takes place each and every single day. I said it last week. Say it again. Bringing our present condition up to our position in Christ. We're perfect in Christ because he's perfect. That's why God can look at you and see you as holy and see you as righteous and see you as perfect. But still deep within, we're far from that. So he's working inside of me. He is cleaning me up to bring my current condition up to my position of where I really am and how God really sees me. And how long does it take?
1: A lifetime. It would shock us to know just how
0: much flesh still really remains deep within inside of us. You don't think so? Well, just let a trial or a storm come your way and you'll see just how quick you'll find it you know what I don't have it all together I'm not the hot shot that I thought that I was amen so again this new version that the Galatians were listening to didn't deny Jesus hear me The Judaizers wasn't saying deny Jesus and what he did at Calvary. The problem is, is they were adding the law of Moses to it. They agreed on grace being a huge factor of salvation, but to say only grace, they would disagree. So they would look at them and they would say, we don't deny grace. And many today will say, I don't deny grace. I don't deny the cross, absolutely, you've got to go to the cross to receive salvation. But they deny that you have to look to the cross exclusively and solely place your faith there and that you don't have to now do anything but rest in his completed work. That right there is the problem. That right there is where the divide came in. Here the Judaizers wasn't saying, again, Paul's message on grace was wrong, but what they were saying was that Paul was saying it was grace and grace alone. That's where the problem was with them, and that's where the problem is with many in the church today. They put conditions on this. They say it's not just grace alone. You've got to now go on and do X, Y, and Z. And that right there is the problem. So to add anything, and I mean anything, to the finished work of Calvary is to say the work wasn't finished. Paul never said that they wasn't saved. But he knew if they continued on this path, they would at best live defeated Christian lives in bondage to sin or at worst lose their way altogether. Because let me tell you, there are many that are saved today, and they love the Lord with everything within them. But because their faith is not anchored solely in Christ and what He's done,
1: they're not. Many spirit filled. I don't
0: deny that if they was to die today, they would go into heaven. But again, God did not save us to live a miserable life. He saved you to live an abundant life and the only way that's going to happen is by looking to the author and the finisher of our faith and nothing else and so if you don't do that then again at best you've got a defeated life in christ but at worst you could lose your way forever because there's nothing worse than failure in the life of a believer and if you don't understand where victory comes from, you are frustrated, you are aggravated, you are down and out, and the enemy takes advantage of every time you fail. And telling you that you are no good, that he ain't going to keep forgiving you, that you are a lost cause, that you are even really saved. He loves to say that to many believers. You're not, let me tell you, if you called upon the name of the Lord and you said yes to him, you know if you're saved or not. I don't need nobody to come to me tonight and say, Wayne, you're saved. I know that I'm saved. Why? Because I called upon that name. Because I said yes to him. Because I asked him into my heart to wash me of all of my sins. And furthermore, I know who lives inside of me. I know that I'm not everything that I should be. But thanks be to God, I'm not what I used to be. I may not be everything that I ought to be. But praise be to God, I'm not what I used to be. And that right there is all that matters. But if I keep looking to him, he's going to make me in to what I ought to be. Amen? He's still working on me. So correction had to be brought to the Galatians, just as it does with much of the church today. And guess what? When correction comes, it will also
1: accompany enemies. Enemies. You will not be liked and loved because the gospel is the problem. Many want to serve the Lord but want to continue to maintain
0: ownership, want to continue to sit upon the throne. But the throne cannot be shared by two kings. You can't be king and Jesus be king as well. In order for him to be king, you got to get off of the throne and let God be God and let him do what only he can do but the problem is is that we want to share the seed with Jesus we want to share and be co-pilots if you will he didn't call you to be a co-pilot he's the pilot he said get all the way in the back seat and sit down I use that analogy in the Bible study that we teach in the other church and I said that people has no problem with letting him be the driver of the car but they want to be up there in the front seat and be the passenger so that they can reach over there and take control of the wheel when they don't like the direction that he's going. Or that they can hit the brakes like the driver's ed cars, you know, when you're getting ready to run off the road or speed. They've got them brakes and gas pedals over there. No, no, no. He don't want you to be up there, but we want to be there. He's saying, no, nope, I don't need you to come and be the passenger and be the copilot. Help me. I need you to get in the back seat, buckle up. It's going to get a little bit bumpy at times, but if you'll trust me, I'll get you to where I want to take you to. Get out of the front seat and get in the back seat and rest in what he has done and buckle up and know that your redeemer lives and that he's going to take you through. The gospel demands that you deny yourself because only through denying yourself will you be saved. And the only way you are going to grow and grace and truly experience abundant life is to continue to deny yourself. As you denied yourself when you accepted Jesus Christ for salvation, you've got to continue to deny yourself in order to grow now and grace and also to experience abundant life, which all
1: of us won't. But it comes through a price of you denying yourself. See, we got... to receive this above life because we think that we could come in and do something to receive what he's already
0: bought and paid for and it won't happen you got to continue to deny yourself so that the flow of grace can flow in your heart and in your life you see this is the reason why many have abandoned the position of grace because uh, it, it, it because it and it opted for works because it glorifies self and again only one king can be on the throne and exalted it's either you or it's Christ it cannot be both so the Galatians like many in the church hadn't completely turned away from salvation by grace but here again they were well on their way to abandoning that salvation was solely and strictly by grace and they were on their way to believing that works was also in the mix with grace in order to be saved so Paul here comes in I'm flashing lights I hold on wait a minute you're on the wrong path if you continue on this path you're gonna lose your soul Because if you're not trusting in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation, then you are going to lose your way and you are going to die eternally lost. And let me tell you, there is more out there that we like to really admit that are not truly trusting in what He's done for their salvation. When you start putting conditions on it, and people start placing their faith and they stay in it day in and day out, they have taken that they are now adding themselves in it, and many are deceived. And they believe they're on the right path, and they're not. It's by faith and faith alone. So God has called us to grace in Christ alone, which means a gift of no strings attached. All you have to do is receive it with outstretched arms of faith. Amen. Receive by faith what he has done, and right there in that moment, you are saved. And let me tell you, there is no moment like the moment that you gave your heart to Jesus Christ. The best
1: moment of your life is when you say yes to Jesus Christ. Down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you can now say, All is well. That'll bring you
0: more peace than any stimulus check that the government can give you. That's more security than any money want a check can give you is to know that it is truly well with your soul. Amen. So to turn away from this is to turn to another gospel and anything that demands faith to be somewhere else except solely exclusively in what he has done is another gospel. And to turn from this, again, you have stepped right into bondage. Matthew 11:28 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, he offers grace, and any that have received it will have rest to accompany it. But when you exhibit it, and you, when you would turn away, rather, from simple childlike faith, then you're trading in your rest, and you're going back into a laborious way of life. And let me tell you, that way of life will wear you out. Why? Because you've just placed the yoke of bondage right back around your neck when you come unto him receive him by faith and faith alone there is a rest that will accompany in. I don't have to do anything he's done all the work it's a completed work and I am completing him as they were singing about tonight And in you and you alone am I complete when you trust him for that you realize I'm complete I'm it's finished it's done I'm viewed by God as a finished product hallelujah and I don't have to worry about nothing but when you trade that in and you go back in the law that you're going back into a laborious way of living you're going to wear yourself out because you place the yoke of bondage back around your neck and you're trying to do this thing on your own and guess what you will finally wear out which is the best place to be in because then you've got one or two options finally realize that it's only in what he's
1: done or either you take the other road and turn seven it talks about it. in verse seven it says which
0: is not another but there be some who trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ you see we see that another gospel is not the gospel of faith and grace is nothing more but a false gospel plain and simple and it's Satan's aim is not to deny the gospel but to rather to corrupt it I remember one lady in the Bible study saying one time he's got a no problem with you liking Jesus he does not want you to love Jesus And it made all the sense. I don't care if you like him. I don't care if you associate with him, but don't love him. Don't just look solely unto him. So the devil don't care. His aim is not to to take you completely away, but to corrupt the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to corrupt it is no gospel at all. So there was no denial of the cross with these Judaizers, but it was their adding to that corrupted it. Because man's ways and man's doings was being interjected into the holy provision of God and the moment that man adds anything to it guess what it becomes unholy and it becomes unusable when Christ died the Bible says that he passed straight into the heavens I loved it but this man when he died before in the Holy of Holies when the when the high priest would have to go and on the great day of atonement and he would offer up the blood sacrifice to enter into the Holy of Holies one day out of the year he would have to offer it up for himself on the behalf of the people in order to get in but when Jesus Christ shed his blood he didn't just go on to the holy of holies he passed straight on through into the heavens and guess what he sat down and when you sit down that means the work is completed see there was never no chair in the temple because the priests in that day and time wasn't ever going to be able to sit down they had to continually stand and they was going to have to come back again and again and again and again but when jesus christ died and he cried it is finished to shed his blood he didn't pass straight on through and he got down there upon the throne and said, the work is completed He sat down. And so you and I in Christ need to be sitting in him, resting in him. The moment that you get up and leave, guess what? You're going back into bondage. Amen. The gospel is good news because it says you don't have to do anything, which is good because you can't do anything because you are the problem. And it says, I will do it all. How can it be good news when law is added? How can this be good news to a sinner, a works message? How is that good news to a lost sinner? That's not good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ has died for you, has paid the price for you, and all you've got to do is believe. That's good news. That ain't just good news. That's great news. That's great news to know that he's done the work that I could never do. A lot of people say that, well, he took my place on the cross. And technically, I mean, I, I see why they say that. And yes, he suffered the death. But it wouldn't have mattered if we, you and I would have went to the cross anyway. You and I would have still died and went to hell because the death demanded that sacrifice demanded a perfect sacrifice you and I can never be the perfect sacrifice so even if they would have took us to the cross and nailed three hands and nailed put three nails in us and put her thorns upon us and pulled my beard and all of that other stuff and I eventually would have died guess what I still would have died and went to hell Because I'm not the perfect sacrifice. It took Jesus Christ going and dying for me on Calvary's cross, becoming that, being that perfect sacrifice to redeem me, to redeem fallen man. Amen? Only by rebirth is one saved. As Titus 3, 4 through 6 says, and for sake of time, I'm not going to read it. Read it when you get home. Read it right now. But to make a law a factor in the salvation constitutes works, which means no rebirth process. To work for something denies a rebirthing. You've got to be born again to be saved, amen? This re- an act of bathing, if you will, by the blood of Jesus. So to change this message, to pervert this gospel is to make void the grace of God. Because if it be of works, then again, there's no room for grace. If you add works into this... There's no room for grace. And without grace, you've got works. It's either 100% grace or it's 100% works. It's either 100% grace and 0% works or it's 100% works. But let me tell you, you've got 0% of grace. It's one. 1- or the other amen verse 8 but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you let him be accursed so we see paul saying that we must learn to evaluate those that are preaching and teaching because the bible says that satan can disguise himself as an angel of light so you ask the question, then, how do I evaluate one? How do I make sure that something is being preached and taught is actually correct? First John 4 and 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Just because one comes to you preaching in the name of Jesus doesn't mean that they're underneath the influence of the Holy Spirit i can claim the name of jesus anybody can claim the name of jesus but that don't mean that they're up underneath the influence of the holy spirit in fact my bible tells me that on that glad day when we stand before him that there's going to be many that hear the words depart from me i never knew you why because they said wait a minute lord wait a minute did i not prophesy in your name did we not cast out devils in your name did we not preach in your name did we not lay hands on in your name they used the name of jesus but that didn't mean they were under the, the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's why he looked at them and said, depart from me. I never knew you. So just because one claims the name of Jesus, you see, there are many today who claim to have been sent and claim to have been called to preach, but they should not be believed. How can one know if one is truly sent by God? How can one truly know uh, that one has been sent is by listening to what he preaches and if it doesn't line up with the word of God then he's not of God say that again if what a man preaches does not line up with the word of God then he's not of God because God's not going to call one for him to go out and preach contrary to what his word says so if it doesn't line up with the word, if what I want you to check me out, that's why we give you scriptures, look, check the Bible. And if what I don't line up with the word, tell me. But I promise you that it's going to line up with the word because I'm pointing you back to Jesus. Amen. One that preaches that works are an instrument of salvation is not of God. Plain. There's no cut and dry. There is no gray area. If we try to say that works is part of the salvation process, then it is false and it's not right. 2 Corinthians 11 and 4 says, For if he that cometh preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you have received another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. So it doesn't matter how long one has been preaching or even what denomination that they are affiliated with because see we like to base people's status and we like to accept people based off of what denomination they are and because they belong to this denomination or because they belong to that denomination then they must be right let me tell you something you better see if what they're preaching lines up with the word of god and not be basing it off of what denomination that they belong to i could care less what denomination they belong to Does it line up with the Word of God? And again, if it's not Christ and Him crucified, it is another gospel being produced, let me tell you,
1: by another spirit. And that spirit is not the Holy Spirit. Goosebumps. Chills. And we have associated the Holy
0: Spirit with a goosebump. Many in the church have literally, and I think almost demeaned the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to nothing more but a goosebump. Let me tell you if I want a goosebump, I could go put my arm in a freezer and get a goosebump. Amen. The goosebump has nothing to do with it. It will bear witness with your spirit. Don't get me wrong. When you feel in the pres, when you're in the presence of God, just like we were this morning, we've been here tonight, man, it'll to make the hairs on the back of your head stand up. I know He's here, but I don't know that He's here because of the goosebump upon me. It's because of who's being glorified, who's being sang about, and the Bible says, where any two will come together in My name, there I am in the midst of them also. So even if I don't feel a goosebump, I know that he's still here. Because I'm with some brothers and sisters in Christ that are here to worship him. Well, what if I'm by myself? Oh, no. Come to him. You've got God the Father. You've got God the Son. You've got God the Holy Spirit in you. And the last time I checked, for is a whole lot more than two. You can have his presence, amen. So your judgment of the gospel better not be predicated again upon a goosebump because it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 1927, cease my son, to hear the instruction, listen, that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. Any other doctrine that is proclaimed that claims justification is by faith and faith alone, or that it's not rather by faith and faith alone, must be rejected and treated with abhorrence no matter what it is or no matter who is preaching it. Because we cannot add to this gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a devised plan of God. God saying again, as I said this morning, my condition, your condition, saying that we
1: deserve judgment, but loved us too much to let judgment come. So he's I'm going to have mercy upon them so that they have a
0: chance at eternal life. Amen. Paul made it clear that there can be no tolerance at all for any other way of salvation, but by Christ and his shed blood, and you and I should be the same way. We should have no tolerance that salvation is any way else other than by faith and faith alone and through his grace. Amen. So a false gospel will not get anyone saved, but neither will a false gospel keep anyone saved. It won't save anyone, but a false gospel will also not keep one saved. If we adhere to another gospel and we believe and turn away from what has brought us into to uh, begin with, then we will forfeit our salvation. Amen. Last thing, again, there's so much more, but the false way of salvation will please many, but the true way will please few. A false way of salvation will please many, but the true way will please few. Jordan, if you want to come and play something softly. There is no other gospel except the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I was reminded of this when I was preparing the message, the ending of it, and I'm reminded of it now. As Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed. There's a lot of people that says, well, I don't want that gospel because it's a bloody gospel. Let me tell you, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to say that he went to Calvary's cross and he shed his blood for me and that only through his blood I can be saved. I proudly lift up the name of Jesus and I proudly and boldly claim what he has done for me because I know the power of it. I can stand here and preach it with 100% assurance because I know the power that it was only by simply throwing myself down at the mercy of God that I was saved with His blood. It gave me a new heart and it changed my life. It took me from darkness into His marvelous light and since then I've never been the same. You see, I've not only experienced His power of salvation. But as I continue to look to Christ each and every single day, as I continue to look to him, I experience his same resurrection power each and every single day. The same resurrection power that I experienced on the day that I said yes to him, that he made me into a new creature in Christ Jesus. I continue to experience it each and every single day because I'm looking to him and what he's done for me. At Calvary. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your words we thank you for your gospel Lord Lord your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path Lord we we hold your words close to our heart Lord it is this word and this word alone Lord that has cleansed us that has saved us Lord that makes us kingdom ready Lord and we are so thankful Lord that there was nothing that we had to do to get saved but by simply believing Lord you did all the work Lord you came down here through a perfect birth lived a perfect life And it it gave yourself to us. You died as the perfect sacrifice. And because of that, Lord, we have perfect salvation because it's all wrapped up in you, Lord. God, I'm so thankful tonight to say that I'm saved so thankful to know that my sins have been washed away and god i pray that nothing would ever pull us away from the simplicity of the gospel of jesus christ god lord that our spirits and our hearts would always be put into check lord if our ears should come to hear anything other than faith and grace lord that god we would turn from it lord and that we would solely look to you and what you have done lord for it is the blood and blood alone that justifies us Lord, we thank you 10,000 million times over for what you did for us, Lord. God, I pray that you would continue to keep us, lead us, and guide us. Internet, God, be with them this week. Lord, I pray that they never forget, Lord, that you have never left them, nor have you forsaken them. And that, God, through whatever it is they're facing, that we would run to you, Lord, and look to you, Lord. The, the the object of our faith, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we love you tonight, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Everyone say amen and amen. Thank you for being with us tonight uh, and, and with us in service. I pray that you've been richly blessed, as the word always blesses. Be with us again on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. as we will continue our Bible study on the sin nature. I suspect that we will spend several, several weeks into this, as this is a topic. Yet it desires great and detailed attention. So be with us. And if you've missed any of them that we've done, go back again and watch them. Watch this morning's service. also remember Tuesday night, this Tuesday night, starting this Tuesday, we will be having prayer meetings here at the church between the hours of 6.30 and 8. You may say, well, I can't make it at 6.30. Come at 7. Well, I can't make it at 7. Come at 7.30 come we'll be here and then if you can't be here join with us in prayer at your home join with us and seek the face of god because let me tell you something it's only the lord that can change the situation that we're facing it's not anything that we do and i made a comment the other day and i don't want to make anybody mad because again there's nothing wrong with protesting it is our constitutional right but if we're protesting is louder than our praying and we're doing more protesting than praying then we've got it all mixed up We should be praying more than we are protesting. Because let me tell you, no government officials is going to change this around for us. It's only God. Amen. And by praying and seeking his face, just as they did to release Peter, that's what changed the situation around. Amen.